from New Christian Life Church, located at 3945 Old Boynton Road, Boynton Beach, Florida, 7828, where the pastors are Richard and Emma Butler. Speak of the hour, Minister Jessica Denson. Doors of your word, Father. And Lord, I just thank you and I just praise you, Father God. As this subject is a tough subject, Father God, but we will be your sons and daughters and start a revolution to show the world what forgiveness looks like, Father. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you even for our pastors, Pastors Richard and Emma Butler, Lord. Lord, I thank you for. Um, making them arrive back safely to their homes, Father God. I thank you for strengthening their bodies, strengthening their minds, Father, so you can continue to do a good work that you have called them to do a long time ago. And, Father, I just thank you for everybody that came out here tonight who thought not it was robbery to come and hear your word, oh God. Lord, I ask you to bless each and one of their families. And, Father God, I ask that you will get the glory out of their lives. And all these things through your son, Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody say amen. So last week we began our series on forgiveness. And we learned that God said in his word, he gave us a commandment that if we don't forgive our brothers and sisters and their trespasses, that Father God won't forgive our sins. And I really believe for new Christian life and as the world keeps turning around. God wants us to go to the next level in him. He wants us to go to another dimension. And we have to forgive to get to that dimension. Amen. We must love our brothers and sisters to the point that we must show them Christ's love, whether it's in the church, whether it's at our jobs, whether it's at our homes, whether it's in our communities. Our job as believers and as Christ followers is to show love, even to the ones that may not be deserving of it. If we say we are Christ followers, we must be obedient to his word. To his word. Amen. So I'm just going to do a quick over, overview from last week um, for the ones if you were not here. Um, the word forgives come from the Greek language. It is pronounced aphiomi which means to set free, to let go, to release, to discharge, or to liberate completely. Um, the Webster Dictionary definition of forgive means to cancel any debt or release someone from the wrong or harm they have done towards you. Forgiveness means to forfeit any right to hold a person captive to a previous commitment or wrong he or she has committed. Some of the scriptures that I came from last week was first Matthew 6:15, which was our base scripture. And that reads, 
For if ye forgive men in their trespasses, your father, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men in their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass, trespasses. So when God said this command, he said, if you do this, then I will do that. Just like, you know, when you are younger, you know, or when you wanted your kids to maybe clean up their room and say, if you clean up your room today, I'm going to give you $20. Most kids don't like to clean up, but when you hear that, I'm going to get a $20 bill, you know, for cleaning up my room. And the child does it because he wants or she wants the $20 bill. So in contrast to what this scripture is saying, for ye forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is a command, but the choice is yours. Amen? I just wanted to make myself clear. It is a command, but the choice is yours. We also came from Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. And this is what um, this scripture was talking about. If you have an offense, with someone, it's the instructions on how you should go about it. Take them in private. If that doesn't work, then you have to get two or three witnesses. And remember, make sure the witnesses are trustworthy. Um, make sure they're just not one-sided. Make sure it's somebody that's neutral. And I would say a, a believer of Christ. I went over Matthew 18:21 through 35 when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone? He said, just seven times. And Jesus said, no, 70, 70 times seven, which is 490. But 490 in, in, in back then, it means it's infinity, meaning it's infinity. So if somebody was to not intentionally you know, step on my shoe every day. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, I shouldn't take offense of it. If a person apologizes, you know, you say, say you're sorry. But just because, say if I reached a 490, doesn't mean that I stopped forgiving that person in and there, meaning this thing must continue time, time, time after time. So Jesus corrected Peter and said, no, not seven times. Not seven times, but 70 times seven means this must continue on and on. It's not a limit to how much you forgive somebody. You have to continue to show the love of Christ continually. Amen. I also went over Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21, where it reads, I actually want to read that one. When God say, vengeance is mine. It says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Be loved. Do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will reap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21 reads, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I used the 
example last week, like sometimes we as humans, we have this Tom and Jerry effect. Well, since she did that to me last week, I got something for her for this week. And in this scripture, God said we shouldn't repay evil for evil. We should forgive our brothers and sisters. Amen. And if we feel like our sister is continue to like bullying in us, we should go to that sister in privacy. You can set something up in private with her or like the instructions say, call two or three witnesses and get this matter resolved quickly. But do not keep going on with the Tom and Jerry games. We, we, we're supposed to be believers of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be showing love to everyone. No matter what wrong they've done, our job is to show that same compassion that Jesus showed us. Amen? I also went over Luke 6, 20, chapter 6, verses 27 through 28 which talks about requesting blessings from God on the person who may not like you. And Jesus made uh, a statement. He said, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. And Jesus was saying that we, we need to know how to love our enemies. Jesus even had enemies, you know, and I just think even on the cross when, you know, when they were nailing Jesus to the cross and he say, Father, forgive them for they not know what they do or what they have done. Now, imagine if Jesus said anything beside that cursing the, the people that were nailing him to the cross. Imagine where our story would have been. But he said, God, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And we need to have that same mindset, even when it doesn't feel good sometimes, even when it's painful, when we feel like the world is against us. We should shout that same shout that Jesus said, God, forgive them and continue to love them. I also, with that verse, showed the video of the African-American, uh, both them, um, John or Gene, where his brother forgave the lady that murdered him and he was like I wish nothing bad on you I just wish you if you're really sorry I, I ask you to give your life to Christ I don't hate you at all and I, I shared that because you know that's the level we should be on you know this lady killed his brother and she had no reason to kill him and and I and I used the in, the example, I say, I have two brothers, you know, and, and, and I can't imagine, you know, how he felt at that time because it's just like, I can't, you murdered my brother for no reason. But he decided to put on the love of Christ. He said, this is what my brother would have wanted for you. Even though my brother's not here to speak up for himself, he will want you to know Jesus. Amen. To give your life over, even though you've done something so bad, Jesus can make you new again. So he gave this lady hope. Amen. And that's what we need to give the world, even when the world don't get. And, and so many people on social media bashed um, Botham's brother because they was like, what kind of religion is this that you don't pay somebody back for doing something harmful to you and your family? I, and people are saying, I don't want no part of this religion. 
But we are supposed to stand still and stand on God's word. Amen? Because I'm telling y'all, it's going to be some more pain things that happen in this world. And he has started a revolution. This is where we need to be in our faith when it comes to forgiveness. Looking somebody in the eye and hugging them. When they do the, the, the least, the baddest things to us. We choose to forgive because we have a father in heaven who forgave us and our messiness. Amen. And that's where we need to be. He has set the bar and he had showed God's love. I also went over, I think I'm going to go over one more scripture from last week. Ephesians 4 verses 31 and 32. And it reads, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, which means loud, noisy shouting, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. So Paul was saying that we need to put all this bitterness, this anger, this wrath away from us because we shouldn't even have this stuff going on if we're feeding ourselves with the word of God. If we're every day talking to God, we shouldn't even have these, these roots right here. These are roots. It's wrath, anger. These are roots. Amen? If we just fill ourselves and just be loving to one another, and we are unified in one body, we don't have time for this other stuff. Amen? So let's put on Christ just as Christ forgave us. We shouldn't have no with Amen. So on tonight, I want to cover some other important um, points that the Holy Spirit gave me concerning forgiveness as well as unforgiveness. So if you're writing notes, the first thing I want you to write is, what does forgiveness look like? And... Point number one, after that, the question is, what does forgiveness look like? I want you to put a one, and I want you to put forgiveness requires admitting to the problem or offense. Forgiving or forgiveness requires admitting to the problem or offense. And I'm coming from 1 John one and nine. First John one and nine and it reads, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is saying we cannot heal if we don't admit. Amen. Healing and freedom starts with us admitting. And so John wrote, we must confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and clean us from all unrighteousness. And sometimes when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness, sometimes a person may not know that you may have an offense with them. You, you may pass them every time at your job. You may pass them every time somebody have a funeral. You may have, you know, you, you know, people, some people don't know that, you may be upset with them or they have something against you. 
But as my first point is, forgiveness requires amending. So that means you have to admit to someone or something that you have a problem or an offense with them. So you, that means you have to open up your mouth and tell them, hey, you hurt me the other day. Oh, you hurt me 10 years ago. And you know what? It's still bothering me now in 2019. But we first have to admit so healing can come in. Amen? Because it says in the scripture, we must confess our sins. He who is faithful and just to forgive our sins he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, like I said, you have to admit so healing can come. Amen? And, you know, sometimes, you know, we get so petty as humans sometimes. You know, oh, she know what she didn't did to me, or he already know what he did to me. No! Those games must stop. No more, more of he knows or she knows. If you have a problem with somebody, go to them as a woman and a man of God and say, hey, I need to get this thing off my heart because I got somewhere else to go in God. Amen. I can't no longer harbor this hate or this bitterness or this wrath or clamor against you. I got to get it right today because God, God got so much more in store for me. And every time, because sometimes, when, you know, you may have an odd or a something against somebody see them you go the other way and 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 somebody is waiting for one of the other person to be the bigger person it, it and it doesn't who does it first god requires us all to get it right amen so number one it says forgiveness requires admitting to the problem or offense if you shut your mouth nothing can be solved you have to admit so healing and freedom can take off. Step two, or note two, it says, what does forgiveness look like? Point two says, forgiveness does not allow the past to control the future. I'm going to repeat that again. Forgiveness does not allow the past to control the future. And I'm coming from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 18 through 19. Verse 18 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? It will make even. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So Isaiah is saying, remember not the former things, consider them old. And we have to realize when it comes to offense, it's, it's an old thing. Amen. Forgiveness is the sign of moving forward. Amen. And many times, you know, showing God's love. We got to remember as Christians, we got to show God's love in every situation, no matter how bad it feels or how painful it feels. You know, sometimes, like I discussed last week, it may take a little time, you know, for God to work on your heart, you know, more. Like, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm to a place in my life, it, like, I'm like, 
I don't like to sleep on anything. I like to make everything right before I go to sleep because I don't want to wake up thinking about what happened the day before. I want to start the day off fresh and anew. I don't want to wake up and have a bad morning because I'm thinking about what happened last night, which could have been resolved last night. Amen. And life is so short. And we sometimes fail to realize how short life, life is a vapor. You're here one minute and gone the next minute. The thing about, we don't know when our expiration date is going to happen. We don't, if we knew that, I think it would all scare us. <laughs> so we need to get it right, amen. And, and forgiveness is a very touchy matter because it deals with the heart. It deals with the heart. And, you know, sometimes we don't allow things to come to our heart because, it, you know, it's very dear and personal. But we have to forgive in order to be forgiven by our Heavenly Father. We cannot allow forgiveness to become a living God and unforgiveness, sorry. We cannot allow unforgiveness to become a living God in our life. You have to let the offense go. God says in this scripture right here, Isaiah said, Behold, I will do a new thing. But if you're holding on to offense, he can't do a new thing in you. And that's where, we, where the scripture I just read, 1 John 1 and 9, is you have to confess. In order to confess, when you confess, that's when the healing and the, feel, the, the freedom begins. Amen? So remember, you have to show love, God's love in every situation. It, it, and sometimes, you know, it may take a year or two for you to say, okay, I, God, I think I'm ready now. But don't, don't die on what's, what's harboring your heart. I'm telling y'all, do not die on it. We got to get it right because on the day of judgment, our whole lives is going to be right in front of our face. And as I told you all last week, it would be a, a, a shame that we, when, when God showed us all of this stuff we have done on this earth, and the only thing we did, we, we did everything else right, but we couldn't get that my sister stepped on my red bottom shoes. We can't get over that. That one thing may cause you to miss heaven. And we don't want that. I want everybody to experience the kingdom of heaven. I want everybody to be laughing and smiling in their mansions. But we got to get things right done on this earth so we can live freely in God and heaven. Amen? So leave the offenses in the past. Don't bring it to surface again. Amen? The only time you should bring things like this, if you really forgave a person, is God, let God get the glory out of it. You, and I'm going to go deeper into this when we talk about unforgiveness. Only in testimonies you talk about forgiveness and also the God. But if it's anything, if you are ready to hatch something out with somebody else, it's done. Now walk in your freedom. Don't say, well, yeah, I had a problem with that sister the other day. Again. You got to do some more heart surgery. Amen. Let's go to point three. If you're writing notes, point three says forgiveness should not only come from the mouth, but from the heart. 
I'll repeat that again. Forgiveness should come not only from the mouth, but from the heart. So I want you all to turn to Luke 15. And we're going to read a little bit about the prodigal son. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to hit on a few scriptures just to get my point across. That's Luke 15. And we're going to start at verse 11. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. So just to stop before I go on, so the younger son out of the father, he asked for his inheritance. You know, he might have reached the age where he said, you know, I'm ready to live the good life. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to live. Be it now. My, my dad been working all these years. Now I'm time, it's time for me to spend his money because I want to live good. So that's what I just read. He, the father divided the two because the younger son asked for his portions. So he went away. The, the younger son went away and he went to another country. And guess what he did? He splurged all his money. Let's continue. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate because no one gave him anything. So he was to the point, he didn't waste his money on everything. Now he had to get a job. And the person that hired him had him to feed the pigs. And verse 16 says, he was, so, he was, he was to the point, he was so hungry that he even thought about eating the pigs' food because he didn't have any money. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So, verse 20, and, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22 but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
and they began to be married. And I'm going to stop there, and you can read the rest um, on your own time. But what I really wanted to point out here in verse 20, if you go back to verse 20, and it says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So I just think, you know, <laughs> what a great father he was, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you could get a father that, you know, <laughs> say, no, nah, go back where you was. Go back to where you, you spent all that good money at. Go back where you was. But this father saw him coming from afar. And he, forg he, he, you know, I don't have kids, so I can imagine when you see your son and he's all filthy, he, you know, he's, he's lost. And he's seen his son, he literally ran from afar because he already had forgiven his son in his heart. It started in his heart. No matter how bad, he, what, what, whatever he done, he didn't even hear, he didn't even get to hear the story yet. <laughs> he didn't even hear his son tell him his testimony yet. But his father knew that he had a rough experience out there. But he didn't say, he didn't give him the iron fist and say, hey, you better go where you was. You can't come back over here no more. He had compassion. And with that compassion, he fell and he kissed on his neck. He was so happy to have his son back. He forgave his son for splurging all his money. So we need to have that same compassion when it comes to our kids or our brothers and sisters in Christ. No matter what they've done, somebody may owe you thousands of dollars. And yeah, that hurt. Because you know what you could do with a thousand dollars? You know, and you can continue to remind somebody, you owe me this money, you owe me. But you know what? I'm going to love you until you pay me my $1,000 back. And I may never get it back. You know what I'm saying? So point three I wanted to make was forgiveness should not only come from the mouth but from the heart. And as the story goes on, the older brother started to complain. But I'm not going to get in that tonight. But when you read it, you know, he started to complain. I've been here all the time. I ain't getting no party. <laughs> That's just like us, right? But his son was lost, and he came back to be found. God made him come back, and he, he, the, the scriptures say he came to himself. So he realized the bad he did and that he was in good standing with his father. Amen? So have, don't have forgiveness just come out your mouth because you can say anything out your mouth, but let it come from the heart where the compassion is. Amen? Point um, number four, when there is no, and I'm talking about what forgiveness looks like, when there is no desire to get even or punish them, you speak well on your ex-offender. You bless them and you not curse them. You feed them and you, not, you do not cause them to go hungry. You clothe them when they're naked. And when you do this, your heart changes. Amen? But when you forgive somebody, and you know you really have forgave them, when somebody say their name, that pain that used to come, that pain should leave now. 
Amen. As as believers in Christ, it, once you once you ask somebody for forgiveness, the offense is done and gone. Now it's gonna take time for your heart to get healed, but but everything is possible. Amen. You when you realize when you forgive somebody, you choose to bless them and not curse them. You feed them if they're hungry. You hey, I got a banana on me. You want a banana? And they'll be so happy because love covers a multitude of sin. Minister Penn was just talking about this yesterday. Love on love on until they can't believe that this, this the God you serve is really real. Because I'm telling y'all, if you do it in your flesh, you're going to be like, man, I, man, this is my only banana I got for the remaining of the day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give my banana to this person. And I, I know how they feel about me. But the God we serve, let the banana go. You got 67 other bananas at home. Amen. And, if, and sometimes, many times, you may have to just go hungry. Just so God's love can be shown to another person, amen? Because he's going to take care of you, amen? So don't worry about what you got to give up. It's all for his name, amen? So speak well on the people who have offended you. Bless them and not curse them. Um, point five. Point five, forgiveness means you don't owe the person nothing but to love them. Now, the Bible does not speak or say that we have to be best friends with a person after we get it right. Amen. But we still have to show that love. We still have to show and be cordial with one another, showing no division. Don't be entangled with bondage again. And um, if you will, if you're going to write notes, if you're writing notes, I'm not going to go into the whole story of Joseph. This is Genesis 37, chapter 37 through 50. As you know, in the story, Joseph, at a young age, he was his father's favorite. I'm going to summarize this a little bit. Joseph was his father's favorite. You know, Joseph came, you know, he had a lot of brothers. And the brothers didn't like him because they knew that Jacob favored Joseph over all of them. Amen. And, you know, many times as the Bible would mention um, Joseph at a young age, around 17, he used to always go back to his father and say, you know, your son did this in the field today. Like he would go and tattletale kind of on his brothers and his brothers would find out and they would be so mad at Joseph. So one day, you know, they while Joseph was in the field, the brothers tried to plot and kill Joseph, but thank God for Reuben, amen? Reuben saved Joseph. Well, actually, God saved Joseph's life, but he, he really talked to his brother and said, no, we're going to fake Joseph's death to our father. So they end up selling, or, um, selling Joseph to Egypt as a slave. So they got his colorful robe that his father gave him, and they dip, dipped his robe into goat's blood, and they took it back to the father and say, hey, Joseph died, you know, and can you imagine how his father felt, you know, he favored Joseph, and for you to come back with his coat of many colors, and you tell me my son, my favorite son had died, it was a harmful thing for Jacob to hear. So, but while in Egypt, 
you know, he was sold as a slave, God's hand was on Joseph's life. Amen. Even though, you know, it was a very sad situation, God still had his hand on Joseph. So Joseph, you know, when he, you know, he got potter's for wife, he had to deal with that, but God brought him out of that, you know, and then he started, you know, becoming friends with, you know, the people that he were in jail with. The um the King's Baker and all of that. You read it in your own leisure time because this story is very, very long. <laughs> I'll try my best to summarize it. So so one day, you know, while talking with the with uh Pharaoh's, you know, officials, Pharaoh had a dream. He had two dreams. So the dreams was like, you know, it's gonna be a famine for seven years and it's also gonna be a year of plentiness of harvest. So to make a long story short, so what happened was Joseph's brothers were hit in Canaan or Canaan with the famine. So Jacob sent them to Egypt to get food. And guess what? The brothers had to end up, he already seen this in a vision, that they had to bow down to him. Amen. And, you know, these are the same people that plotted to kill me. Can you imagine how Joseph felt? Joseph was, he he was living good in Egypt, y'all. His brothers who had plotted to kill him, they had to come back to get food from him. Can you imagine how that felt? Because oh, I, I was like, mm-hmm, y'all had to come back. <laughs> y'all y'all got to ask me for something now, you know. But Joseph didn't have that attitude. He had that compassion. You know, I'm not saying he didn't think about it. <laughs> but he showed the love of God. Even when his brothers and the daddy thought the, that Joseph was dead, and gone, and you know it's a it's a very beautiful story, y'all. If y'all take y'all time and actually read it, it's very beautiful. So, the point I was trying to make is forgiveness means you don't owe a person nothing, because the same people that cursed Joseph had to end up blessing him and bowing down to him. So it and and. And, and sometimes it takes years. When God say vengeance is mine, guess what? You better, you better believe it because it's going to come back around. The ones who do you wrong, it's going to come back around. But you know what? Don't, don't pay attention to your watch because God's timing is not our timing. And in, in that process, when God say vengeance is mine, you should also be praying for the person. Amen. That, that, that the harm won't be so severe, if anything, but that your enemies will come back and happen to bless you. That's the only thing I hope for your enemies, that they have to come back and bless you publicly. Amen? So God will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding once you let the unforgiveness go. Unforgiveness, I realize with unforgiveness, there's no peace. With forgiveness, there is peace. With unforgiveness, I'm telling y'all, sometimes, you know, people have done some, some things to me or I have done. We all have, we're guilty of doing things. 
And sometimes, you know, you may sit or think or sometimes, you know, you, 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 you're in bed and you're just thinking. Your mind is wandering. It's just like, God, I can't sleep. I got all this stuff on my mind. Like, I, I, I feel like I said this wrong and, and that wrong. With unforgiveness, there is no peace. And sometimes, you know, you may have to go out your way, send a text message, call somebody and say, hey, I'm sorry, I had to get this right. I had to talk with God. I, I can't sleep on it till I get it right. Can you please forgive me for what I said to you? And let, and see, and forgiveness starts with admitting. Healing starts with admitting. Amen? So get it right so you can have that peace that surpasses all understanding. So you can have that sweet sleep, amen, that nothing can bother you because guess what? You are living peaceably with all men when you walk in forgiveness, amen? So now we're going to talk about, in contrast of forgiveness, is unforgiveness. So if you're writing notes, we're going to start talking about unforgiveness and what does unforgiveness looks like. But let's start off with the definition. The definition of unforgiveness, if you're writing notes, is is having or making no allowance for error or weakness. I'll repeat that again. Unforgiveness is having or making no allowance for error or weakness. Also, forgiveness means holding on to the past in the now. So if you're continue to write, if you're continue writing notes, you might want to write down this question. What does unforgiveness look like? Point number Unforgiveness is emotional training. And as we read in Ephesians 4, unforgiveness is the root of bitterness. And so, so many times people waste so much time. I'm telling you, so much time wasting on offense. You may know a person sometimes that soon as you see them coming, you already know they're going to be talking about what John and David did in 1978. So you just go the other way. You know, we have certain family members that may be harboring hurt from years and years. You know, things happen. People get molested at a young age. People, you know, get divorced, families split. And the pain is crucial. And we don't know why things happen sometimes, and we don't know why we are part of this pain sometimes. But God has a, a, a testimony for somebody, amen? And if we harbor on to this hurt, if we harbor on to this pain, it stops our growth. And the thing with bitterness I don't want to get too, let, let's, let's read, let's go to Hebrews 12. Yeah, let's go to Hebrews 12 before I say that. We're going to read Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. I'm going to read New King James Version. It says, Pursue peace with all people in holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of God's, of the grace of God. Least any root of bitterness 
bringing up or causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. And this scripture is saying, <laughs> bitterness, it spreads. Amen? And you, and, and like I was saying, if you sometimes if you see one person, every time they got something to say about the same person, day in and day out, and you continue to go around this person every day, you're going to start to hate somebody that you don't even know. And we all know somebody. It's just like, okay, forget the word of this season is forgive. I don't care. I, the offense is old. Let's get it. Let's drop it. Let's let's dead the issue. Because I'm telling y'all, y'all people continue to hang around these people, and, and and this bitterness it spreads like cancer, and you start to hate people that you don't even know, all because what one person has said about this person, and it has you judging. Everything that this one person has said about this person. Now your views is messed up. And God don't want us to be like that. God us, God wants us to love everybody like he loves them. God wants us to see everybody like he sees them. Because everybody is messed up in some way or another. Let's all be real. That's why we need Jesus. And I'll be the first one. Amen? But I thank God for Jesus. Amen? Because we're going to fall short. But let's be careful who, who's feeding our ears with things. Because I'm telling y'all, it is shaped. Sometimes I'm like, nope, stop it. I don't want to hear it. Because I want to see everybody like Christ see them. Even the people that so, sometimes people are so negative, And I'm like, God, like, but you still got to love these people, just like God loves them. That's a challenge, but it's possible, amen? So bitterness contaminates others. In this scripture, it says, pursue peace with all people in holiness. Point two, a true sign of unforgiveness is that you're always talking about it. And it's like it's 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 open wounds, and you know when you you if you really pay close attention on what people talk about on the regular, you'll you'll listen to unforgiveness sometimes, amen. Meaning that sometimes people dwell everything they say is is they are the victim and they're not the victor. Sometimes people just want to, <laughs> just want to just, just want everybody to feel bad for them sometimes. Knowing that this person, in, in actuality, this person is harboring a lot of unforgiveness in their hearts. And they want everybody to decide how they're thinking. And, and, and to be honest, that's bondage. Because God wants us to think freely. He wants us to walk in his freedom. He doesn't want us to be consumed with garbage and negativity and slander and malice and anger and bitterness. He wants us to put on, put on the whole armor of God. He wants us to put on the fruit of the spirit, love, peace, joy. He don't want, he don't want us to deal with them roots, y'all. Unforgiveness is the dwelling of the past. When something bothers you and you continue to talk about it, let it go because it's a sign of unforgiveness. If you truly forgive someone, don't bring up the matter again. And as I stated last, 
like I stated last week, if you forgave somebody, you forgave them. So that means you cannot go to that same person again with that same issue. It has to be totally something different. Amen? Point three, unforgiveness kills you spiritually. You, you, you have to think about it. It's impossible to please God. And we're going to go to that scripture where if you are in worship or, you know, you have something, you need to drop your gift down at the altar. And you know you got to odd against your brother and sister. You got to go to your brother and sister so you can worship God freely. Because how can you worship God when you got all this hatred on your heart? God is not pleased. God sees our hearts when we can't even see it. He wants us to worship him with a pure heart. Amen. And you can find that in Matthew 5:24. And I'm going to read it for time's sake. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So before you worship or before you give a gift to God, make sure that you come in with a pure heart. If not, you might as well, you got to go to your brother and sister to get it right, and then you come and offer your sacrifices. Amen? That's Matthew 5, 24. Point four, unforgiveness, and I, and I spoke on this a little bit, unforgiveness causes you to be the victim and not a victor. I have noticed that in a lot of people who don't forgive, they like to become victims. They want everyone to look at their side of the story, and these people want attention. Many times the person with the unforgiveness in their hearts are unteachable. You can't tell them they are wrong, and they act very irate, and, and they're, they're, ne they're never open to the truth. They know it all. And God did not call us to be victims, but he called us to be victors. And I got that from Romans 8, 37. It says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's Romans 8 and 37. So as we close tonight, remember that God says if we forgive our brothers and sisters and their trespasses, he will forgive us of our trespasses, our wrongs, our faults. And when you forgive someone, forgive them, release the hurt, and walk in your freedom in Christ. It's time to let go and let God Release the offense. Let's clean up the mess we have created. Let's let go all the offenses. Because New Christian Life, we're going places. Amen? And we need, we got to be unified in our churches. We got to be unified in our marriages. We have to learn how to forgive. In our singleness we, singleness, we have to learn how to be whole. We have to learn how to heal before God blesses us with a spouse. We have to learn how to forgive our co-workers. We have to learn how to forgive the people that cut us off in traffic. The list goes on and on and on. You know where your area is. Amen? So if you all will stand, we're going to close out at prayer. Hope you all learned something about forgiveness.